Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The cup weekend was... Let's do it again. <laughs> I hate him being in control. Sorry. The Cup Weekend was denied a Hollywood ending at Wrexham, but me like Emirates, me fly Emirates! So welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 30th of January. I'm Jules Bree. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm David Cartledge. And I'm Vidushan Hunter-Raja. I am flying into this Monday morning ramble <laughs> because Brighton are massive. Silence. Come on, guys. Yeah, we're, we're just, feel feel we're just, the love with me. It's the awe that we all have for Brighton, <laughs> just constantly just wedgy in Liverpool all what, season. What a time to be alive. It's great stuff. Um, how are you all? You all all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Not as good as me, clearly. No, no I, would say, I would say enjoy it while you can. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am. I think I saw Todd Bowley picking at your motor outside. <laughs> <laughs> might not be there when you get out. Well, he's getting nowhere near Kaisodo, that's for sure. And we'll come on to that in a minute. Just a quick reminder before we get started that this is your last reminder that on Sunday we've got our Friend of the Ramble watch along and we only have a limited number of spaces left. So if you fancy coming to join us to watch the football on Sunday, we're going to be in a London pub, you can come along 
And all you got to do to get your tickets is sign up and become one of our Patreon members. And to do that, you've just got to go to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. It's completely free. You've just got to sign up, get a ticket. We're going to be watching Tottenham against Man City. Uh, it's going to be good fun. We'll have a few drinks. We'll have a giggle. So make sure you come along. Um, it is limited availability. So make sure you sign up and get your ticket now before it all sells out. Uh, right. Highlights of the weekend then. I've given mine away already, Jim. What was yours? <laughs> mine was um, Caro Matoma and Victor Osimen scoring identical world the like the, the same goal but such a difficult like thing to pull off such an amazing sort of improvised skill and technique if you've not seen them side by side have a look because it's it's the same goal it's weird it's, isn't it because Matomas was obviously earlier on in the day and yeah. everyone was raving about it what a time to score that winner etc and what a type of goal it was and then a few hours later, Osman's like, whatever you can do, mate, I'm going to do slightly better with yeah. a bit more power. Yeah, and a lot harder. Yeah. He nearly destroyed Absolutely the net. smashed Brilliant. it, didn't he? It was decent. Uh, what about you, David? Um, I'm going to go for the Grimsby Town social media content creator um, who just absolutely lost his shit <laughs> when Grimsby scored an equaliser at a Foster replay. Um, uh, it was just great to see. You know. Was that the two-two goal? Yeah, that was yeah. the two-two goal. Yeah, yeah. So he's forced to replay, and uh, yeah, I love it. He's got his little camera there. He's about to take a picture, and he's just like, "Oh no, I'm going to lose it." And he just got involved, <laughs> jumped up and down. There's a brilliant shot of him just in mid-air with the camera. I want to see the uh, the pictures. Actually, what he did. Yeah, yeah that so, was yeah. that was an incredible game. Actually, that was a that was a um, Luton. So this is League Two Grimsby who forced a replay against Luton, who started the weekend seventh in the Championship. Um, and they've been going quite well under Rob Edwards since he took over there. It was a great game, and but there was all sorts of weird stuff going on. Did you see the sprinklers came on about yeah, five no. minutes into into the less than five minutes into the match? There was a person with an inflatable fish in the crowd. <laughs> it was a proper cup tie, Jim. Yeah, it's it great. Was decent. My highlight, um, well, went viral uh, over the weekend. You went viral? No, if only. No, <laughs> I'm not at that level yet. Um, yeah, so uh, it happened in the Eredivisie and it involved the final goalkeeper, Justin Bijlow, who came out of his box, scampering out of his box to tackle uh, Twente Vinger, Winger. Vinger! Vinger. <laughs> wow, he's gone for it. I'm just trying to assume, I just wanted a bit of McLaren there. Um, so he, he tackles a Twente uh, Winger and has this moment where he's off the field and the ball's just bobbled away in, in you know close to the attacking player. So the attacking player's first instinct is to get the ball and throw it in. And the keeper, mm. thinking quickly, rather than like go for the ball that's in play live and, and throw it away, goes to a ball that's nestled on a cone and throws that into play. It's genius. And thus <laughs> ruining everything to the extent that the Twente player ends up trying to take the throw and is so angry, he just hurls the ball at the goalkeeper. <laughs> Just amazing I'm, shithousing. I'm just, and really quick thinking as yeah, well. I'm, I'm loving to see just new, you know, iterations of shithousing. Yeah. I want, I want yeah. to see more. I think that's actually really quick thinking and clever, isn't it? It is. I respect it. Probably a booking? Yo, yeah, it should be. Yeah. So like, yeah. it, Did he get booked? Surely a booking. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't look that closely what, into it. This is kind of... I the, saw it on Twitter and I'm bringing it here. All yeah. right, thanks. Do your research. Um, isn't it similar? Wasn't there... Was there an Arsenal goal that was scored, Jim, and one of the players stayed on the pitch because they all went off the pitch to celebrate? Or was it a Man United goal, Vish, 
I think it might have been United, you know, where there was a goal scored, all the players went off into like the corner, but oh, but he, but, he, but he stayed on but in he the stayed on the uh, pitch, didn't the, he, so that they couldn't restart the game. Yeah, and uh, stayed on in the um, opposition's half. That's it. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a big thing they do now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. was that Man United? It feels like so. It, it feels too smart for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking of smart, I think Brighton are a very smart club at the moment. Uh, they're absolutely cruising. We're going to start with the Brighton Liverpool game in the FA Cup fourth round. Brighton two, Liverpool one. Nothing better as a fan than seeing your team score an injury time winner and as Jim already described a beautiful one as well scored by Karen Matoma who has just been sensational this season for Brighton and particularly since the return of the World Cup but what a bloody result and what a game are you going to win it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I really want to. It feels like Brighton might have a really, really good charge at it this season. You know, what, there's what so much positivity. Take? What would you take, Jules? FA Cup win or Europa League place? If you had to pick one of them. I think FA Cup win. Yeah. I think a trophy. Yeah. I think trophy this season when we've seen a lot of teams already out of the cup. It's a good chance for it's someone. It's a really good chance, I think, for a, for a, a, an unlikely team to win it. So... And also, I mean, how long has it been since Brighton have won a trophy? It's over 120 years, I think. Yeah. So look, I would I would love, I would love to see us get to Wembley. I was at the FA Cup semi-final when we played Man City a few years ago under Chris Hewton. And as a fan, even though we lost that game, it was it's actually still one of the best days I've ever had as a football fan mm. because it was an amazing occasion. Um, and we only narrowly lost that game as well. Now we're in such a better position. Yeah. We're playing the best football we've ever played. We've got an inspiring, exciting manager. The team are just special at the moment. Have I made you feel sick yet? There's a lot, there's a lot of love. No, not at all. There's no, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. such a bastard, Literally going to pick off your players. No, no. Well, well, some of them, yes. Yeah, some of the good ones, yeah. <laughs> you can keep Dunk. But a bit but like... Hey, I mean, hey, 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 you scored the equaliser. <laughs> you leave Lewis Dunk alone. He's but, one of our own. But without without being flippant, I, I, I think like FA, FA Cup success would be a huge deal, not least because, you know, you said there like you know, if the choice was between that and Europa League uh, qualification, you'd, take, you'd obviously take the trophy. But Europa League qualif- qualification, with the way Brighton are operating at the moment, is just going to be a continuous yeah. thing. You're yeah. going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. I think I'd also, I think I'd, your... I'd also be really nervous if we got Europa League because I cover the Europa League and I'd panic if, if I was asked to cover the games because I'd be like, how can I cover these <laughs> games? I actually also want to go to the games. Yeah. So like, I don't know if I'd want to cover you them. Have to quit. I shouldn't really say this out loud on broadcast, <laughs> should I? It's actually technically my job to do that. Um, oh, I don't yeah. want to do that. Um, <laughs> but but, but they're like... but. But actually, then I'm, I'm thinking a bit too far ahead here, maybe. But you end up in that cycle where you're like, okay, but like, what is this about? Like, mm. are we just going to be in this cycle of like, okay, qualification, and then like, well, maybe we'll get Champions League? Like, when do you push won't. on? Yeah. When you invest a bit extra. And obviously, the model is brilliant and everything. There might actually come a point where they go, all right, do we maybe look at a different now calibre of player? To yeah. But it's a, it's, an, it's a nice position to be in. Of course, of course. The envy of half the Premier That's League. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, you're the one most. Yeah. Great. It's just it's so nice to hear people talking about us nicely, but at the same time, I'm I'm like, okay, everyone, just like calm down now, stop yeah. hyping us up because it does feel. Stop talking about our players in public. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you all stop buying everyone? <laughs> but Liverpool, a slight improvement from the last time they played Brighton, guys. But I mean, that wasn't hard because it's wonderfully patronising, isn't it? And isn't you're absolutely and you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's great. Well, Luke said on Friday show, didn't he, that um, at this point in time, there, there's no argument to say that Liverpool 
Or rather, Brighton are worse than Liverpool. Yeah, Brighton absolutely. are 100% the better team at the moment. And it was interesting, I thought, that even with the changes in personnel on both sides, Brighton was still able to maintain that mm. dominance, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is the, tr- truly the right word for it. And also at home, because our home record previously hasn't been great. We've been way better away from home this season. But since the return after the World Cup, our home form's picked up as well. And the home fans are loving it. I was absolutely gutted I couldn't be there yesterday, actually. And normally I would go because it's a Sunday game and I don't work, but I was actually at a baby shower. So <laughs> I was that person who was uh, on my phone at my friend's baby shower with the football on. So you don't like working. You don't like your mates. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad, actually. To be honest, someone did come. I, I, I actually, we were playing the baby shower games, you know, all of the silly games you'd expect. And, uh, pin the at, tail on the baby. At, pin the sperm on the ovary. Genuinely was a game we played. Jesus. Can I say that? That's all that. Yeah, you, yeah, you can say both yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah. that, that happened. It's half ten in the morning. <laughs> and uh, we, so there was, we were playing all these games, and at one point, <laughs> when Lewis Dunk equalised, I literally went yes, oh, and I like cheered. And um, the the mother in law of the my friend actually went, I love that passion with these games, and I was like, absolutely, <laughs> oh, that is exactly what I'm cheering about right now. <laughs> Oh, I did. I did feel slightly bad. Anyways, back to Liverpool. How did they end up still with eleven men on the pitch at the end of the game? Yeah, the particularly F- Fabinho. The Fabinho tackle was. I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a straight red. I mean, he he even seemed to sort of see that himself, didn't he? But it's just, it's such a mess, isn't it? Like, I, I understand. Like, quite often VAR they want they don't want to overturn the decision the referees made. They want to be like, all right, we'll stay out of certain things. And it, but. There doesn't seem to be enough rhyme or sort of reason to it as to mm. why some things are looked at again and some things aren't in a situation like that. It, that, that seems a clear and obvious mistake to he me. He looks like, so guilty. VAR only needs to be a replay of his face. That is a guilty man right man, there. Absolutely, yeah. Also, uh, you know, it, it's a conversation we've had a few times before. It's not VAR, it's the application of VAR. It's yeah. the people yeah. using VAR yeah. that mm. have messed up here. Yeah. yeah. There's loads of weird little things like that, like how they, um, like you know, they don't look at... got hacked down as well. Not looking at bookings as well, or not yeah. being able to yeah. overturn bookings. It's like a booking... Say a booking in the first minute of a game changes the game massively. They're gonna, so ha- like, mm. they're gonna have to bring some f- sort of form of explanations in because mm. that's what everyone's craving. Yeah, everyone yeah. sat there straight after the incident, gone like, "All oh, right, we don't really know. We'll make our own interpretation of it." Somebody might say it on Twitter, but they do need somebody to actually explain it at the time. I think. Yeah, I agree. Actually, that'd be really good, even if it's a really sort of like beardy, mm. wordy, odd thing. Like <laughs> the actual yeah. rule comes up underneath the decision to explain it in the stadium because it's so frustrating isn't it when you don't quite understand what's going on in the stadium so attach that to the big screen where they actually say VAR check when it's actually done they actually write why yeah you you get some designated like (laughs) FA nerd comes out and explains it actually the reason we know at least you mean like uh, Clippy from Microsoft Word exactly like him yes (laughs) you look like you're reviewing a foul (laughs) fuck off <laughs> Click the X on the top. Drag him to the waste paper bin. There, yeah. there is um, there is talk though that 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 is going to happen, isn't there? Yeah, there's the going to be World Cup, right? There's going to be an audio element to it. Yeah, so like in, in loads of other sports, they have this where they really nail down the language used. So it's you know it, it, things like um, you know in rugby, it's can you give me a reason why I can't award the try rather than like look actively looking for things mm. to um, to rule something out, almost you know taking it to the end point of where we need to get to and being like, okay, what stops us from getting there, basically? Yeah. It happens in cricket, it happens in rugby, it happens in all other sports. Obviously, there's that in tennis with with Hawkeye and, 
that's a little little bit different because you're actually charting something that acts, has actually happened. There's, it's not up for debate. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, that that'd be worth it. And even little things like. You know, when you go to a football game, they withhold a lot of things from you. They withhold um, a running clock for added on time because it's obviously at the referee's discretion. It's a minimum. Mm. Um, they withhold uh, bottle lids. It's slightly different, especially slightly the way annoying. you, especially the way you use them, the way you put them between your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but but there, but there are like there's so much in, that they don't seem to trust football fans with. It's almost mm. like a little information is too much and. Um, I, I think, yeah, they just need to be brought together in that way. And it'd be interesting to see how it works, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, despite the fact that Liverpool got away with a fair few of those challenges, um, Brighton still won the game. They won the game without Caicedo yeah. in the squad as well, which was a concern heading into the match. Obviously, we've had this incredible transfer saga happening since last week. And just this morning, Arsenal have put in another bid, Jim. This time, £70 million for yeah. Caicedo, despite the fact that Brighton have said he is not for sale in this mm. window. They're still trying. They want him. Well, they, yeah, it was late last night, actually. The oh, bid it was late in, last wasn't night, it? wasn't and, it? Yeah. and Brighton rejected it within about five minutes. So <laughs> I think it's probably time for them to look at other targets now. Um, Who's still up at that time as well? I was in bed. Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I thought it was I put my phone morning. on Do Not Disturb. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone sleeps in the window. This is, anyone working in football Fair. behind the scenes doesn't sleep for a month. This is why you get mad things like this. So I and Apple because everyone's a little, just a little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone's just a little bit out of it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so much money, isn't it? It's so so much money for Brighton to say no to that. But not I think enough. that what, what I, I think I, I think Brighton might privately have a number they would say yes to, but I think because it would be insane to turn down. But I don't think Arsenal would go for it. And I don't. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Pounds. But I mean, there's been talk of like ninety million quid, and for a player that was signed for five million pounds, you'd have to go oh maybe but then excuse me sorry that, <laughs> the trouble with being logged the in clippy. here is that, that was my uh, email going off could I just say so Vish is in control of our soundboard today guys so if uh, anything weird happens you know it's because of Vish he's, <laughs> he's going to try and sabotage um, yeah look I mean the money for a player that cost as little as he did is it's it's it's, it's mind blowing really and, yeah. it, and it's un, it's kind of unthinkable as Brighton fans because that is so much money to a club like us that it would be so hard to turn it down. But at the same time, Tony, so ungrateful Tony Bloom has mm. such a strong stance on transfers. And, and, <laughs> and he clearly values him that highly. And he is so important to us. We don't have a like-for-like replacement. Do you remember when Basuma went to Spurs? Neither do Arsenal. Prior, prior, to, <laughs> prior to that Basuma move, Arsenal were interested in him. Yeah. And at the time, I was thinking, you know what? If he does go, at the time when he was linked with Arsenal, I was worried because we didn't have Caicedo yet. He wasn't ready. When he was linked with Spurs and that move happened, I was I was actually more than happy for him to go because by that point, Caicedo had been bedded into the squad a bit more. He started playing more and you could see the quality he had. And I, I remember thinking at the time, he's actually better than Basuma. Yeah. And now he's, he's proved that in less than a full season without mm. Basuma at the club. It's just, it's, it's remarkable, yeah, really. I think he's considerably better. And look, all power to Brighton doing what they're doing as well there's like a lot of discourse now that like oh he's only played 27 games for them how can they be demanding 100 million you know what I mean that's how much Brighton want to value yeah. mm. Brighton bought him Brighton gave him a contract he's Brighton's player if they want to say he's worth 300 million they have every single right to if Arsenal think if Arsenal fans think he's worth only 40 million then that's their right as well but like this discourse of like oh they should accept it they should just take it mm. and everything he's not being paid enough as well it's like yeah. it's just complete rubbish it took a weird turn though didn't it at the weekend when um, Caicedo released a statement on Instagram, which was clearly 
copied and pasted from a text message because it still had quotation marks in it and had yeah. his name at the start. Um, and is not really how he writes Instagram posts when you look down at all the others. Um, and then it also then went on to Twitter as well. And at the time I was thinking, this is really awkward. What is going on mm. here? It's not what you want to see as fans of the club when a, a player actually then starts to say that he wants to leave before a deal is been done it's fine you know once the deal's done and you know they're moving on then you expect a statement like that it was a bit of a farewell statement wasn't it yeah it was very odd and I felt I felt a little bit I felt a bit sad for him actually because it just felt to me like it it didn't seem like he was being advised the right way and that seemed to be Roberto De Zerbi's response to it the only thing I think Brian has to be wary of is that while deep down they will know a number there is evidently a number like I said himself thinks is the appropriate number and provided they're on the same page there that's fine you just don't need to play silly buggers mm. I don't think any more statements need to be released from Brighton yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was I mean it, it's how they do things it's fine um, you know Kukurea they released that statement saying you know he's, or rather that you know he's our player he's not really going anywhere obviously went in the end um, they released a similar statement with Caicedo um, and I think provided they above board's probably the wrong word for transfers because nothing's really above board all told but as long as they're honest and don't veer from that, don't try and like go at Arsenal in public because then it really seems like you're being vindictive rather than like yeah. right for you and right for the player. I think provided all that goes to plan, you, sh- you should be all right, really. And yeah. he can go in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's kind of what we expected anyway. We kind of expected yeah. that probably the summer would be the time. And it'll be like that Fat Joe meme, you know, yesterday's <laughs> price is not today's price. <laughs> God, it's annoying having good players. I'm not used to this. Um, what about the other brilliant cup tie from this weekend and, and yesterday, actually? Wrexham 3, Sheffield United 3, denied in the last minute by John Egan. Some kind of confusion over his goal in the 95th minute yeah, when he celebrated. He, I mean, he's shushing the crowd, but he's also <laughs> sort of doing that thing where he's holding his hand to his ear going, oh yeah, what do you think of that? Tell me what you think, but also shut up. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're a non-league side. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, John Egan. It was um, it was such a great cup tie though, wasn't it? Was, it? It was brilliant, wasn't it? It's also really dark. Like did like it, it looked like it was happening at the end of the world. I mean, yeah, maybe I it is, but it, it's like it looked really... <laughs> Really, like, because obviously one stand is is being redeveloped, so it's all kind of open and there's diggers on it. It looked like vaguely apocalyptic, which just <laughs> added to the spectacle for me. It had a bit of everything, didn't it? Proper cup tie. Yeah. It had everything, and I think with the whole story behind them, which we'll go into in a minute with the uh, the actors and what have you behind them in Hollywood. And <laughs> I such. love how you said that so fluently. Uh, we'll come on to them actors. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll come on to <laughs> them. They're Hollywood boys. Drain the swamp. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the actual action on the field, it was, it was fantastic. And it's exactly what you, I think you want from these FA Cup weekends. Ryan Reynolds did a lot of media around the game yesterday, didn't he? He was loving it. He did a lot. I mean, my... he's, I mean to be fair, he's on screen a fair bit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my full-time job's at ESPN. And I mean, we've had the rights to the FA Cup. Um, for some time and then now this Wrexham story is emerging there's a big company push and ESPN don't mind me saying this at all that they're really wanting to get behind this story really buy into it as well uh, the documentary and everything's on a streaming service of theirs as well and right, yeah they promo sent a, sent a full team <laughs> there let, and, let them speak yeah. and, and they, 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 <laughs> hang on a minute we've got two ESPN people in here with us what's your, what's your favourite Emirates destination <laughs> <laughs> you know what's good McDonald's are fucking brilliant aren't they <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's inter- it's interesting to see. It really is. And I think we, we did an interview with uh, with Ryan Reynolds as well, and he said he wants Wrexham to become America's soccer team. 
That is the but ultimate goal. Is that uh, that's not a good thing, is it? Because in the NFL, America's team are the Dallas Cowboys, and they're yeah. trash. Yeah, <laughs> and and their losses and their yeah yeah are really enjoyed by everybody well, else. Exactly, Rex yeah. might come there as well. And yeah, you, and there's already and we've been discussing this with you, Jim. That you can already see a bit of a change in the tide. Yeah, people you? are starting to get a little bit snippy about the whole ownership in general aren't they and the, and the sort of story about it you're starting to see people going oh I think it's a bit boring or, or whatever so it'd be interesting to see how they weather that as well because it's been very slickly PR the whole situation obviously of course it has so I'm sure they'll have a strategy in place for that and, uh, but yeah. that is just football isn't it you get a bit of success and people start exactly. hating you exactly I was going to say people just get annoyed when things start to go well don't they yeah. Yeah. it's like people, oh you've got a bit such a healthy of... attitude in this country isn't it <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh you've got a bit of money now What? I, I don't like you anymore yeah. you don't count yeah, yeah, yeah. you're it's... not allowed are things going well for you yeah. uh, forgotten by, by the rest of the country yeah, exactly the rest of Britain but it's um, Brits don't like nice things no they just don't just they revel people, in misery it's a really powerful thing though this momentum they've got behind them haven't they like you, you sense that like I mean how on earth have they drawn this game three all with a championship team? I know. Like, yeah. so, they've just got so such a force of belief behind them, and that that buzz, that the sheer volume of it as well, with the, with how sort of engaged the fans are, is a real force to be also, reckoned with. Also, if you want a lovely story with the Wrexham side of things, for all of those of you who are being a bit miserable about their success, Paul Mullen has an incredible story. I mean, he's scored. 27 goals this season. I don't know if anyone saw the story about his little boy as well. His son got diagnosed with autism last week. And so he walked out onto the pitch with ear defenders on before the game just to show that support because there are a lot of children and and, and mm. people that go to football matches with autism and and having that support and to be able to see other people that are watching the game with ear defenders mm. on as well. It's just lovely. And, and I think that there are lots of nice stories around Wrexham outside of the Hollywood stuff. Yeah, but the but I suppose the the other aspect is you know someone like Mullin is probably playing two divisions lower than he than he should be, um, and there are a few other players like that, and I, I can understand why that might diminish the romanticism of of this. Or you know, I mean, they only drew; they still got a replay to go. Um, so yeah, I can understand why it takes a little bit away from that. But it's pretty cool to see that you know different kinds of owners who. You know, well, at the, at the time of recording, aren't morally reprehensible. <laughs> um, nice way to cover your back there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, I like I like Sonny, so I'm a Rob McElhenney fan. But there is um, there is an element of it's it's nice to know that those good things are happening with a degree of I don't know a, a degree of sincere altruism behind them because they they're like they fancied getting involved. They didn't realise what they're getting involved with, mm. and they seem to have vibe with the place. And I think the other thing about that is if you look at Wrexham fans, you know certainly the fans even that they talk to in the documentary that have been talked to for the last week or so, they've seen so many false prophets. Exactly. Yeah. And already they've done more than yeah. the previous owners, and they they also they've they've said this a few times, but they also accept the fact that. They're custodians of the clubs. They're not really owners. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, when you break it down, it's a non-league cup, a non-league team in this round of the FA Cup. Yeah. They're still in the hat. Um, the draw is tonight. It'll be exciting to see who they potentially could be facing in the next round. Right, we're going to take a break now, Vish. This is the time where I look at you, I point at you, and you press the break ID because we're you're in control today, remember? Um, we're going to take a break, and after this, we'll talk a bit more about some of the other cup ties from the weekend. You said none of this conversation could have happened before we got started. Should we leave this in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go to break. Well, okay, well, oh, so <laughs> tell me, so you do that bit, yeah. and then point yes. and then I'll press play yes okay. okay so do it again right we'll take a break see you in a moment no as in like a bit oh, more build up God's than that sake. okay I right. have to scroll back to the original <laughs> to the start right we're getting oh. oh, <laughs> such an idiot 
you, we should not be allowed in the same room no. together. Do it, do it properly. Okay. Is this what happens at BT? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have better people. That <laughs> I'll do it. We're going to a break. <laughs> have better interns. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. I too get one through, and I picked up a little Argentinian. And I ended up having to take a couple of free transfers. It was one of Daniel's specials. We were trying to get a couple of players in, at the top of my shopping list, but they were both free transfers. You mean you made your name as a wheeler and dealer? There's not been much wheeling and dealing here, has there? Fuck off. Oh, oh, no, it didn't mean like that. It didn't mean like that. I've not got a name as a fucking dealer. Don't don't say that. I'm a fucking football manager. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's an absolute classic. Get Harry Redknapp back in management just for deadline day. That'd be pretty good, actually, wouldn't it? He just broke at everything. Oh, so good. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, guys. It's Jules, Jim, David and Bish here with us. And uh, we're back on Wednesday morning this week with another bonus ramble. Two weeks in a row, you lucky lot. Um, That's because we're going to do a special right after deadline day to see whether or not Moises Caicedo is still a Brighton player. (laughs) 
That'd I won't be, f- be here. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I won't be here because I'm worried. Um, but yes, we will be back on Wednesday morning. So make sure um, you listen out for that one. Um, another story that's been developing over the last few days has been this one with Everton and when they're going to finally announce Sean Dyche as their manager. Because on Friday afternoon, there was all the stories that they decided to go for him over Bielsa. Um, and then on Saturday, he was spotted um, arriving at the Everton training ground. So we're expecting this to be announced. I think it's taken so long because he's tried to one up Bielsa. You know, who yeah. said like, oh, I want to know the under-21s. Daesh is like, right, well, I don't know about the fucking under-18s. <laughs> I want to learn all about them. Yeah, because this, this mad thing happened with Bielsa, Isn't didn't it? it? Where he, he, he implied that he would be happy to take over, but that his staff would manage the first team for the rest of this season while he'd manage the under-21s and then he'd take over in the summer. Like, what on earth is he... Would it just be boot camp for months and months and months and months? Like, just pure (laughs) running power instilled into the under-21s. Like, that. I've I've never heard anything like that. Is he trying to save himself for another a relegation on his CV? Is that what it is? (laughs) Maybe. maybe. No, but, but, you know, a lot of people talked about the fact that, the you know, because Everton seemed to be going for those two very different managers, they clearly didn't know what they were doing. (laughs) But... I mean that sounds very Bielsa, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. He, he, he wants to know the club. Like yeah. even even when he starts, you know, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone released a kind of screenshot of his last few um, club management stints, and he always starts in June. Like yeah. June is the date because he comes in and he has plenty of time to do all this mad shit. Yeah. He's like, hang on a minute, it's January. I'm not taking the yeah. first team role. Absolutely not. You, you give me the job in June. Yeah. <laughs> They're but, like, we need you now, mate. <laughs> but then, like, uh, that kind of makes sense. And also, uh, it's such a shame it didn't happen because I love the idea that, like, you know, there might, you know, sometimes between European fixtures, if there's a bit of a gap when you're not in cup competitions, you might have a behind closed doors friendly against your under 21s. Imagine Everton under 21s running rings around the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any money if this goes wrong as well, by the way, I think there's going to be a debate at the end of it. So say Everton go down, there's going to be a lot of Everton fans thinking, why didn't we just let him do that? Prepare for the championship. Start again from scratch, you know, with all the young players. So he'll have known the young players who mm. he's worked with. We could start the championship kind of like that. Mm. And also, I mean, their wage bill is ridiculous. I think it's something like 90 odd percent of their turnover, to, you know, wage bill um, and what have you as well. So they are a club that needs to start again. So this might mm. have been yeah. the one, but I do think Daesh is the right appointment. He suits the, the squad that they have. And I said this on the other Ramble a few weeks ago. The, the squad that they have really, really suits Daesh's style, I think. Yeah, 100%. And also, I mean, this isn't ideal timing in terms of how much is left of the transfer window, but you mm. get the impression that Daesh will not be getting any reinforcements unless they can find something like really sort of cheap or a free transfer or something in the next few days. Because I think this is it, isn't it? Daesh is there to get more out of this squad, keep them up this season and then reset. And he's familiar with a few of the players as well, yeah. obviously, with some some former Burnley players in that Everton squad. But his job's to go in there and organise and, and just keep them safe now basically, but he's going to have to do it without Anthony Gordon, who's officially left the club. He's signed for Newcastle for £45 What do you make of that, Vish? Um, It feels like that valuation might have been related to what Chelsea were willing to pay for him at the start of the the season. He has had a bit of a drop-off. I think it's all really quite sad. I I think think this embodies the sadness of it because, I don't know if you saw, but Kieran Kieran Trippier um, put out an Instagram reel over the weekend where, do you remember when... Everton played Newcastle and Gordon and Trippier went at it. Mm. And then I think it was Shah comes in and like, you know, Newcastle fans actually use that moment as a point to be like, God, look how together this team is. Mm. And a lot of them ended up like disliking Gordon off the back of that. And now, you know, probably have to rethink a few so things. So Trippier's saying we are going to bully this shit yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to last Welcome to hell, mate. Um, 
But if you look at the way that, you know, Gordon was quite an integral part of, of them staying up last year, was also a, a, a you know, he, he was that palpable thing of someone who's come through. I know he was, you know, released from Liverpool, joins, you know, age group uh, football at Goodison, Goodison Park, the academy, and comes through and was something tangible that you could point to and be like, that this guy, this guy gets it, this guy's mm. ass. And then you see the video after the Samson game where people are, you know, fans are, angry and telling him to get out of the club it's all quite sad and I think even though his returns have been quite poor this season he's exactly the kind of player that you know when it comes to this part of the season is just going to naturally give a bit more Yeah. and now that you've lost that it's quite quite demoralising which is why I think Daesh has got you know he does have a track record of, of, of keeping well, specifically one team up in Burnley um, and there were obviously two seasons which you would maybe described as anomalies when they finished seventh in 2017-18. Yeah. yeah. Uh, place above Everton as well. And mm. then they finished 10th in 2019-20. But he just has that know-how of like what you need to do to get out of this league. And it hasn't really changed much. If you look at the teams around Everton at the time, you know, you, you just need a bit of solidity. None of those teams have solidity. Mm. And it's something that Lampard wasn't able to get. I think he stumbled upon it luckily last year with a couple of formation tweaks. But Daish is good at that. And I think longer term, maybe he is a good solution as, as like hard as that is, is to swallow given I remember covering a game at the start of the 2020-2021 season uh, so like you know coming out of that first summer of COVID where there's a behind closed doors um, start of the season against Spurs at Spurs Stadium Hammers Rodriguez a midfield three of Andre Gomez Alan and Decore yeah. and it felt like this, this team were taking a completely different yeah, direction yeah, yeah. as with Charleston and um, Calvert-Lewin up front and now to see where they are now it's Depressing, but this is like probably should be the start of that recalibration. Yeah, yeah, you'd expect it to be. Um, prior to this weekend, um, Duncan Ferguson was actually linked with the Everton job, wasn't he? But by then, us. <laughs> yeah, by <laughs> us. Well, everyone, everyone really, everyone's kind of thinking, well, he could do. Everyone was um, thinking it, but no one articulated it as strongly yeah. as we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he obviously took the Forest Green Rovers job, and he had his first match this weekend, and it actually got off to a really good start. They went one 0 up, but then they they uh, conceded two injury time goals and ended up losing two one to Shrewsbury. Not good. No. Poor old Big Dunk. No, you're going to be in trouble with Big Dunk. It's mm. a nightmare. Nightmare um, fuel. Right, let's get back to more of our cup games from the weekend then. Fulham 1, Sunderland 1 was another brilliant cup tie, Jim. Um, at Craven Cottage, I feel like we're seeing so many entertaining matches this season. Yeah, massively. But all, to be fair, a lot of the entertainment came from Sunderland. It was, yes. it was brilliant, wasn't it? They were so sort of, sort of positive and on the front foot. And I am absolutely gutted for 15-year-old Chris Rigg, who scored a goal that was disallowed. Like, just... I mean, I'm, I'm double gutted from because he's back at school today. Yeah, Sunderland <laughs> no, have to put a request in each week to get him out of school so he can attend training. That's it's, incredible. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely remarkable, and he's uh, he's really highly thought of at Sunderland. Um, there's stories that uh, his family all Newcastle fans. Oh, there's really? a contract situation there. Newcastle looking at him, Man United apparently looking at him as well. So that's going to be an interesting one to see. But I think he's in a good place. I think Sunderland are in a very good place as a club right now. Um, I was there at the weekend, um, being a Sunderland fan. 6,000 in attendance of the North East's finest came down to West London, uh, got the entire put in the end. Atmosphere was just incredible. It sounded it amazing. Was amazing. Throughout, yeah, from the people I spoke it. to, it sounded like all the trains and buses and what have you um, that came down brilliant atmosphere there as well and uh, yeah they were 
denied probably is one of the most magical moments of, oh. of one of your own. Oh, it's such a shame. He looks so young. I know he is young. He's mm. 15, but he's got a proper baby face, doesn't he, Vish? Yeah, he does. So what, he was born in... 2007. 2007. Actually, Dion Dublin seemed a bit confused <laughs> about that uh, and, and emotional on Match of the Day. He said he was born in 2007. Who was born in 2007? That's he, the year he, the and he's right. <laughs> what? Who said that, sorry? Dion Dublin. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's, year the, that's the year this very podcast started, 2007. Wow, he's the oh. same age as the Ramble. Yeah. Wow. He's already done more than us. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> Oh, such a shame. So, um, such, I think... a shame. No, <laughs> such a shame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I mean, the return leg, you know what I mean? The replay. Mm-hmm. At, the returner. That was very, that was very American. Be... <laughs> yeah. the the Are you trying to get in there, Rex? Yeah, I'm trying to get into ESPN. <laughs> if you guys are going to talk it up so much, I want a slice of that fruit pie. Yeah, you need to be, You need to have someone recommending you and a seconder. So that's fine. Yeah, we'll get Great. you in. Cool. Sorry, Sorry, Jules. Sorry? What about me? <laughs> You're, you're fine. You're right, fine. Yeah. You, don't um, even, you don't even want to work. <laughs> well, I want to watch Brian. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is a bit of a tricky fo- uh, fixture for Fulham now, right? Going back up there. Mm, so I think energy. So. Yeah. It's good. That stadium's going to be packed. It's going to be cheap tickets again. Fulham did a good thing, by the way, of not hiking up ticket prices. So not only did they give Sunland an extra allocation, they kept the ticket prices at nice the start of about £10. It, so it explains why all the people coming down as well. So th- I think Sunland will do the same and it'll be absolutely rammed there and again and it's just going to be interesting to see because they were dealt a blow in that game as well there's so many positive things Stuart's in that game injury. The Stuart's injury yeah, is massive, absolutely massive because yeah. just before Corey Evans captain leader legend and all that um, yeah, is injured as well so he's out for the now, yeah. so apparently two, so two players who are the Spanier team out for the season but I mean oh made, wow yeah yeah but they've made some mm. they've made some good moves got a few good young players in and what have you I think Geldart coming in from Leeds is mm. is really big yeah, for the club massive. really really is so he could be really important um, looking towards the end of the season so, so and yeah. hey if it doesn't go well Tony Mowbray will just carry on eating his revels and being happy about how much he loves chocolate yeah being a really sort of lovable granddad figure he loves his revels he does yeah there's, there's a press conference that went viral recently where they just gave him a bag of revels and sort of just let him and he was like, chat away about a ten minute, ten minute chat, ten, ten minute, minute chat monologue. Yeah. And he was like, um, glad they changed it. I didn't like the coconut ones, but um, I really like the raisin ones. He loves the raisin Why ones. Why does he buy like? So this is the thing I don't understand about people raisins. who like like revels. Mm. Unless you like the kind of lottery of it, mm. why don't you just buy a bag of the the one revel you like? I don't know if they do them separately. No, they do no they? but they do like chocolate. You know, they do like chocolate raisins all the though, time, don't they? It's yeah. the same. Maybe well, just crazy. the idea of. I think it's quite good having a bit of a mixture when you dip your hand in. You go, oh yeah, that. One's I know, but like it, for, that one's a coffee one. So in his example, like he doesn't, he didn't like one of them. Why yeah, just but cut they don't out? do them anymore? They've taken them out. Fair he enough. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And if and if he was worried, he had a backup Yorkie in his pocket anyway. So Is that fine. what he said? Yeah. yeah. He, he whipped it out. He whipped out a Yorkie <laughs> bar and said, "Look, I've got don't my." Say whipped out a Yorkie. <laughs> whipped out his backup Yorkie. <laughs> Sake. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to what's that? Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that melt if he's if he's just keeping that there for emergencies? This is England. It's cold. He's gonna sit on it. <laughs> it was in his coat pocket. Yeah, he's got a system. He's clearly got a system. Body he's warm. fine. Yeah, he's not wearing a. Heated, I'm telling you, this guy's a fucking idiot. He's not wearing a heated gilet. God, <laughs> how do you pronounce that? Gilet. What's wrong with that? Gilet. Yeah. What do you call it? Gilet. Gilet. Is it not? gilet yeah. Gilet. I thought gilet. it was a gilet. Yeah. Gilet. Gilet. What did I say? Gillet. Oh, pissed <laughs> off! I did not you say said, that. You said Gillet. <laughs> um, right, Man City have knocked Arsenal out. Jim, do you care? Uh, yeah, um, 
but less than I might have done in, in previous <laughs> seasons. Um, yeah, it was uh, um interesting game. Arsenal made a lot of changes. I didn't expect them to make as many changes as they did. Rob Holding did pretty well against Erling Haaland as well. Got I was worried about him, I'm not gonna off. lie. I was yeah, worried. <laughs> but he just he just essentially man marked him, didn't he? Mm. Just just stayed on him as best he could. The booking meant obviously he came off. Um smart finish from Nathan Ake, who's yes. having a brilliant season. Yeah, he like is really quite quietly actually, having yeah. a great Do you season. When Pep was like, We can't win without Nathan Ake, and then the next game didn't start him. Yep. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And then brought him on. But there's an interesting like David, you'll know a bit more about this, but there's quite an interesting thing emerging here with um Ake becoming quite a reliable player for um Pep. And Jao Cancelo, who's like yeah. suddenly just a bench guy, completely gone off. Yeah, I think Pep's always, you know, he always pulls something out like this, you know, to change things up. And I think he's enamoured with Rico Lewis. And yeah, he looks oh, a yeah. fabulous he player, by him, the way. He? Um, and I think he's already said like he's kind of his his lamb, mm. a Lancashire lamb. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so the, the little thing Lewis with, lamb. The thing with Guardiola though is that he, you know, I mean, Phil Foden isn't playing much at the moment, Bernardo Silva isn't playing much at the moment because you know Grealish and uh, Riyad Mahrez are both in really really good form. He's got the squad to rotate. Yeah. Like if yeah. you, if you had yeah. that squad of players at your disposal, starting every game in the first eleven would be just stupid, wouldn't it? So yeah. I think Cancelo's probably mm. it could well be that he's just in that phase of rotation Pep's at the moment rather very, than it being a crisis. Pep's just very good at managing all of that, isn't yeah. he? And and look, the Champions League returns in a few weeks' time now, and it. By that point, we're going to start seeing all of them playing, you know, every week. I think things could change up then again. You know, who, who knows? It'll be one of those things where he might drop Lewis even after a few good performances because it's Champions League. And like, mm. OK, I want the Cancelo factor yeah. here on the on the break, potentially, depending on how he wants to play. So, yeah, look, the bottom line is he's got a hell of a lot of options, yeah. more than most. Did we learn anything in terms of title race from that cup game? It's difficult to say because of the changes, isn't it? But actually, I mean, there are times in the past where Arsenal would have just got absolutely turned over in a game like this. So they look a lot better equipped to face City than you might have thought in, in previous seasons, even really last season. So that's, I mean, in terms of positives you can take from a loss, I mean, that there are there are a number. So what? that's the best way to lose, really. What do we know about rib injuries? <laughs> How um, long they apparently, last? <laughs> it's not an issue. Oh, Thomas Partey should be fit immediately. Good news As for I Arsenal fans. It. Okay, uh, what about Man United? They knocked out Paul Lintz's Reading out of the cup. 3-1. Um, it was a bit of a tale, this game, of, of two strikers, wasn't it? Rashford, who was having a lovely time, despite not scoring. Um, and Andy Carroll, <laughs> not having a lovely time. He looks too big for his body now, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like even the, the second yellow card where he slides in, I think he doesn't realise how long he is. He looks like a pirate who cannot adjust to life on dry land. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of wading yeah. around, causing it havoc, was, getting into out, brawls. It was an outrageous performance. Unreal. It really was. I mean, it he, was... he should have been sent off separately from the two bookable offences as well. Yeah, it was. Just, uh, he was just thrown, as you say, just hurtling himself about with absolutely no regard for for anybody else, and uh, no. it was really, really strange from him. Um, but yeah, on the Manning United point of view, I think, I think the, we're going to find out a lot about them. I think over the next few weeks or so mm. their schedule is so busy mm-hmm. that squad is looking very thin mm. Ten Hag's not Ten Hag's not making particularly big changes from game to game and I think it's a case so they've got they've got the host Forest in the second leg of the Carabao Cup semi-finals next Wednesday one goal advantage um, and then three Premier League games Palace leads twice across eight days and, and then, then up, Barcelona and then Barcelona <laughs> yeah. a trip to Barcelona on February yeah. 16th yeah. that's a lot of games when the squad is looking particularly thin and you're going to have to be asking players who have been out to come back in. So I'm looking at Martial, uh, Dalo, and especially Jadon Sancho to come in yeah. and kind of reinvigorate things because right now it is the same team every single week. The point that David makes about the schedule is an important one because 
United do have a um, you know small squad. They can't rotate as much as they would have liked to, or they probably should, considering how much money they have spent over the last two years. The interesting thing, though, I think is a lot of people are making this comparison with Arsenal about like you know this is the early start of the Ten Hag stage and. Arteta's got time, this and the other. But United's um, about turn in form is based around older established players. Arsenal's was more about younger players coming through and mm. actually peaking at the time they're peaking now, supplemented by bigger players. So it's interesting because I, I think by the end of the season, ideally you'd want to have identified a few kind of few bankers from a younger generation. So I'm thinking like Garnaccio, obviously Palestri. Mm-hmm. Um, started to play recently as well and um, a couple of sub-appearances. But you want to see the younger players coming through more and I think the schedule will actually give United that opportunity. Not so much by um, by plan, more by design because they have to go through players and you'd hope more players emerge because I think that is my main worry that in two years' time, if they're like, right, now is the or, you know, a season and a half's time, is like now, now's the title push. Mm. You actually only have one shot of that with... Yeah. Some of these players, like Casemiro and you know a couple of the older players as well. So I mean, Casemiro is playing like a box-to-box so midfielder. Yeah. Like so the, it's it's th- third and fourth goals for them. He has transformed that midfield. Like a lot of people saying, oh, it's too much money for him. Oh, he's thirty-one um, or however old he is. Oh, we can't do it without Modric and Cruz. That has been a nonsense. Obsolete. Has been made of that immediately. Obsolete. And and, and it, I mean. Ten Hag has to get credit for that, yeah. as, as well as he's, you know Casemiro. He's a world-class himself. midfielder who was on the market. Yeah, if they're available. Yeah. You bring them in. There's not really many more, yeah. you know, the questions to that. You get it done. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much all we got time for. And um, the draw for the FA Cup fifth round is tonight. It's live on the One Show. <laughs> Funny when they do that, isn't <laughs> the it? The One Show is so <laughs> weird. Like, why are you, why are you doing <laughs> so, that? So so weird. <laughs> what is, what is the One Show? Like, it's what is everything. the remit of the One Show? It's, it's just it's just a complete jumble, isn't it? Like a TK Maxx of television. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Jimmy and Jenna's exactly it, yeah? that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, sometimes, yeah. No, right. I think he is. Yeah, I think he is today. Yeah. I think he is today. Yeah. Right. That confused me further. Just pops a, pops <laughs> him in there. <laughs> Not that Mike Dean's going to be watching, by the way. Has anyone seen that he's um he's off traveling around trying to watch football matches this weekend? He took the FA Cup weekend yeah. off. He didn't fancy. He was even doing interviews on Dutch TV. Apparently, yeah. him and his daughter like to go to the Netherlands one weekend a year to see as many games as they can. So random. I quite like it. I, I love it. That sounds like a one think, show insert, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feature it does, on it. yeah. I love it because people probably have a view of referees as very strict, you know, just in the house being very boring and everything like that. Whereas Mike's just about on the sauce in Holland. Yeah, and when he was asked, he, when he did this interview, they were like, "Why, why, why here? Why'd you come here?" He's like, "It's easy to get around. Yeah, it was <laughs> easy, so dry. Easy yeah. to get around to all the grounds. There you go. Just because you Lovely. don't let your one out that little room." Peter Walton. <laughs> oh, what does Peter say? Oh, Rio, have you heard what Peter said? The nerd. Always bullying him. I'm yeah. actually quite nice to Peter Walton. I'm one of the only ones that is. Yeah, you slide Everyone his food else. in under the door, do you? Believe <laughs> <laughs> him. God, actually, it, is, it is a tissue. Wipe that blood off. That, on TV in a minute. That room that Peter sits in is actually up. You have to go up some stairs. I'm not getting in there. Breach <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do stairs. It's in the contract. Uh, right. Um, Bet stinks. Tomorrow, uh, Dave- <laughs> what? What? Peter but, Walton's room? Well, yeah. just like nerd stuff. Yeah. Empty what's it packets it's everywhere. Like Curtains <laughs> drawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Posters of Howard Webb. No comment. <laughs> um, David, Vish, you're both back tomorrow, aren't you? You're doing uh, something special with Marcus, um, a ramble's guide to number nines. So um, we look forward to that. Uh, And thanks, you guys, for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. See you soon. 
Do we need an soon. outro? No, you don't do anything there. Do we have an outro? Yeah, but it goes in after production. Just Ooh. stop it, all right? Yeah, well, this, you is, know. this is harder than it looks, isn't it? Bye. It's what we've yeah. learned. Do you want to say bye again? <laughs> Fish, go home. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.